Today, we'll choose an EV for a family looking for a cheap replacement for a Pontiac Vibe, a first EV for a viewer in Finland, and an EV or plug-in hybrid for a family in California trying to take advantage of a special local incentive. We'll also address a question from a Volvo EX30 reservation holder about waiting or not waiting for a native Max charge port. Hello, and welcome to Battery Bargains, a series from the Batteries Included podcast where we answer your EV buying questions. This is episode number 18. I'm Dominic Yoni, and I am joined today by Tom Ologny, Senior Editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge. And we also have Kyle Connor with us from Out of Specs Studios. Now, if you're looking for your own battery bargain, email us with your use case and budget Please keep your emails to a couple of short paragraphs so we can get through as many as possible each week. And we'll see about featuring your case on an upcoming episode. All right, so let's kick this off with our first case for the day. And uh, to be transparent, we've paraphrased these emails a bit for length and clarity. So, all right, you guys ready to spend somebody else's money? All right, so let's see, the first one comes to us from Mike. And let's see if I can bring him up here. Mike. All right. So good afternoon. Uh, my wife and I live in Michigan with our son. Our two car garage has a Tesla wall connector, uh, which I use to charge our leased Tesla model three. We commute about 20 miles to Ann Arbor. We also have a 2010 Pontiac vibe that has seen far better days and a 2010 GMC Sierra 1500 that is in decent shape. My wife primarily, primarily drives the Vibe, our son the Sierra, and I usually drive the Model 3. We qualify for the uh, used, what is it? We qualify for the used EV tax credit income-wise. Our budget is about $10,000. I'd rather avoid a payment, but a small 200 or less uh, a monthly payment wouldn't be a deal breaker. We need a car to get my wife 20 to 40 miles of town and back reliably in summer and winter which can be charged at 110 volts and or with the wall connector via adapter if need be. Respectfully, Mike. All right, uh, so Tom, you have uh, any cars up your sleeve for Mike this morning? <laughs> so, you know, $10,000 budget isn't giving us a lot to work with. Right. And uh, um, uh, my instinct when I, when I hear really cheap EVs, and I don't even know how many of them are still out there, but the Fiat 500e, uh, used to be really attainable for like seven or eight or nine thousand dollars there was a period where there were even less when when everybody all the leases expired and well everyone came off you could buy one for like six or seven thousand but i think it, it's it's creeped back up um just concerned a little bit you are in michigan and you said 20 to 40 miles each way the 80 miles might be pushing it in the winter so, you know, that, that was my initial thought. And, and what else are we going to get under $10,000? I guess even if we went for an older leaf that is in that price range, that might not make it. Um, so we're limited here. Uh, I wonder if they're uh, even the original, like the Ford Focus EVs. I know some of them hover around eight or 9,000. You, I've seen them as high as 15,000 still, but I know you can get one for under 10,000. But again, in the winter, that might be a problem that, that, you know, to take care of all of your use cases, the 80 miles round trip in the winter, 
that for that you need an EV in good weather that'll go 120 miles ish. So th this is a bit of an issue. Um, getting something that you can count on for under ten thousand dollars in the winter in harsh Michigan winters that can that you can bank on 80 miles is is um is going to be an issue. Uh, I mean that those are the vehicles that pop out in my mind. What do, what do you guys think of? You got uh, you're a buyer of cheap EVs, Kyle. Welcome to my world. <laughs> this is uh, I can. This is where I live. I love this this stuff. The cheap electric cars. This is when I think electric cars make the most sense because ninety percent of your driving. I'm just using an average. I don't know actually what it is, but a large majority of most people's driving is just around town. So what I always try to explain to people is like, if you're not completely sold on electric yet, if you don't want to like sell your combustion car and buy a $30,000 used Tesla or $50,000 new, whatever, just buy a really cheap electric commuting car. Uh, and, and then you'll find that like 80% of your drives can easily be completed with this one. You save the miles, you save the maintenance, you save the wear and tear on your combustion car, and you're saving, of course, the localized emissions if that's something that you care about. So uh, from my eyes, this $10,000 or less EV thing, so many great options, so many great options. So of course, I'm the recent owner of a new Volkswagen e-Golf. And by new, I mean, it has 125,000 miles and was trashed, um, but it's amazing. And I can easily get 45, 50 miles out of it, even in the winter on the highway. I paid $3,500 for that car. Now, if you want a nice one, spend a little bit more money and you don't have to worry about it. I, I think Tom was onto something with the leaf. You can find a 40 kilowatt hour leaf for this price range. And there they have, you know, more than enough range to do the drive, even with some battery degradation. But if you find a Northern car, one local to Michigan, it's likely that the battery hasn't degraded all that much because it's really the heat and the fast charging that killed the batteries in the Leafs. I also own a Leaf that did 50 and I have the smallest battery leaf with a lot of degradation. And that did 51 miles at 70 miles an hour on the highway. It was warm outside though. So again, I would find the, not the smallest 24 kilowatt hour leaf or whatever it was, but I'd find the 40 kilowatt hour leaf. It's also the best one for rapid gate for, uh, not that you'll ever need to fast charge it, but it's the best one for handling thermals and the best one for degradation. And I think that would be really awesome. Uh, some other options to consider would be, you know, if you just step a little bit more up, you could get an i3, which could do it for sure. Uh, you can find trashed i3s for 10 grand. You can find a little bit nicer ones for 12 or 13. If you push your budget, that's a very reliable, uh, cheap electric car that's proven, but it is a BMW. When things go wrong, they can get quite expensive. That's actually why I love the Leaf so much because they just don't break. Um, you know, the worst thing that goes wrong with the leaf is the onboard charger fails. And that was a like 10 minute swap. I did a video on it for anyone who needs to know how to do it. And then you're pretty much good to go other than the degradation. Just keep an eye out and buy one with a healthy battery um, on it. So, so many options here. The, the one that kind of is, I would say cheating a little bit, but could work. My dad's actually been playing around with is the Chevy Volt. And the Chevy Volt is an awesome plug-in hybrid extended range EV that, uh, you know, you can get most of your commute, let's say the first 20 miles electric, and then you'll be on combustion. But 
again, you're going to be in a really high mileage one. They do have some issues and and things to look out for. But my, my suggestion is go go for the e-golf, go for the bigger battery leaf, uh, go for a, an i3 if you're ready to handle it. But I think the i3 the the uh, excuse me the leaf is going to give you the least amount of troubles. And uh, I say that as an owner who's like done everything wrong to mine and it's been fine. And yeah, really, really love it. That's a great car. Right. Just, just don't okay. plan to fast charge. Sorry. Right. No. Yeah. And basically for these running around town cars, you can, you can also charge if you have a, uh, you can charge on 110 anyway, if you have the cord to, you know, to fit it, because if you're only using 30 miles of electricity worth a day, it, you can recharge that little bit of amount, you know, over just a few hours, it doesn't take long to replace that electricity on a daily, if you do it on a daily basis. So there's a bunch of, uh, you know, lo- most of the cars in this price category below 10,000 or, or, you know, shorter range cars, which is, which is fine as, as Kyle showed you here. And I just thought of one that we don't really talk about too much here. Um, I thought I'd recommend this time around. And that is the Kia Soul EV. I found one here right up against your budget. It's $10,000. There are some cheaper ones out there on the market, but uh, I'm not sure what, what it was, but it's this one in particular anyway, it fit the, fit the budget. It's a, uh, 2016 it's got 30 over a little over 33,000 miles on it but it should be fine it's got they got the bigger battery i think uh brand new they have a bit more range than some of the other options it's up to like 93 miles i believe of of range when it's brand new uh they don't i think they uh they tend to maybe drop quite a bit in the in the cold weather though so but i'm pretty sure you can get you know your 40 miles if you need to all right this is a great option actually because um they're pretty reliable they are actually so like the leaf everyone says is air cooled it's actually not cooled this has a little fan that blows air across the battery cells so it is a little bit better if you do have to fast charge it it is chatamo there is now a chatamo to ccs adapter it's quite expensive um i have one coming uh should be here any day and so uh, i'm looking forward to testing that out so at least there will be some options keep that in the car as a backup in case you really do need a fast charge just to get to where you're going but i like the sole idea dom i was even thinking about that well so michael is with us here in the comments actually um he says he i did have a kia soul ice and loved it hmm okay well there you go if you like that package and a lot of people do it's a popular car um you know electric version i mean it's worth trying out if you can get one especially i don't know the thing about car buying is like this great opportunity to go check try cars out you know test drive them or or whatever so it, this is an opportunity, I guess, to go see what the electric uh, soul experience might be like and see if it's, you know, what you want in your life. I just, right. I'm concerned about it making an 80 mile round trip in a Michigan winter. Yeah, I, I don't I think it can do that. Um, was it 80 miles or was it? He said less? 20 to 40 miles each way. So, oh, worst I case. I thought that was round trip. No, is it each way, Dom? Could you read so it again? We, we need a car to get my wife 20 to 40 miles to town and back. Uh, really, I think it's so. I think it's twenty 40 to forty miles, miles trip. I yeah, don't I know. Tw- oh, really? Okay. Yeah. May- yeah. I read it as twenty to forty miles to town and then back twenty to forty miles. That's how I read it. So, I mean, if it's only twenty to forty miles, that changes the oh round trip. Okay, so you guys read it right. I read it the wrong way. Then that opens up to a lot of used EVs. I mean, if you're looking at fifty mile round trip for crying out loud, you could almost get 
a um, Mitsubishi iMeve. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so yeah, you can do a cheap iMeve, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, so there's um, uh, that opens up to a lot of possibilities. Almost any EV will be able to do that. Um, and I was, I read it the other way that you had to get 20 to 40 miles and then 20 to 40 miles back. So, yeah, um, uh, go for what fits your budget, and almost any EV would work it, even the smaller battery uh, leafs that, um, you know, if, if, if the if the cost is the biggest factor for you here, and it seemed like that's how I read it, that was really important to keep that cost at under ten thousand um, dollars. You you there's a lot of used EVs out there. I mentioned the first gen, even Ford Focus and a and a, um, a Fiat five hundred. It seems like your other um, you you don't you, you didn't talk about having any like small children that you need to put in the back. It seems like it's just your wife. Um, that would be a cool little tooling around back and forth to work car. And with these cheap EVs, I think they've hit rock bottom. I don't really see them. Like 500Es used to be like four grand, and now they've come up. I3s have come up a little bit. And I think with the rise in popularity of electric, a lot of people are looking at these really low-cost secondhand uh, EVs, and and they are coming up off the ground. So I I think you're not going to get hurt. You can buy one, say, oh, this didn't work. I need more range. Sell it. You probably won't lose much. Get another one. Say, oh, today, let's try an e-golf. Sell it, and then you'll live a happy life because the e-golf's the best car on the planet. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I really like that suggestion about, you know, if you're just uh, EV curious, you know, just buy, like, the, the cheap one and just drive it around town. That's such a great, great I think people would be suggestion. surprised. What The nice thing a small battery EV does is... You buy it and you think, oh, okay, I'm just going to go to work and back, or I'm just going to go to the grocery store and back in this. And you will be so surprised how far you end up going and how often you're just using your combustion vehicle, thinking you have all this range that you never use. And as long as you just top it up after every drive, you can go anywhere in one of these cheap EVs. They're awesome. Right. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's move on. Our next case comes to us from Jay who sent us an email and says, hi everyone, the Volvo EX30 is exactly the EV I want. And I put a deposit down on one immediately after seeing your reviews last summer. So my question isn't what EV to get. My question is, should I accept the car when my place in line comes up later this year or wait until the Nax version is available next year? My wife and I buy and hold cars for a long time. Our current ICE cars are 19 years and 39 years old. Wow. Uh, we just sold our truck that was 30 years old. So I expect my first EV to be with us for at least 10 years. So given this, uh, I'm concerned that owning an EV with the J1772 plug and using an adapter for 10 years may not be prudent. I'm not in a hurry to get the EX30, so waiting an additional an additional year isn't an issue. What do you suggest? Thanks, and keep providing informative content, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Uh, okay, uh, Tom, this is like it seems like an adapter kind of question, uh, and we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this one because yeah, uh, but yeah, what do you what do you say about that? Buy new or. Yeah, absolutely. Right buy new. Don't wait for the next port. That it's. I have so many people ask me that question. It's not like you're going to have a better car, uh, and it's not like in 2025 all the J1772 and CCS1 plugs are going to go away. They're not. They're going to be. The you're going to have CCS charging and J1772 charging for at least the next ten years. You know. So um, there'll be times when you, you know even if you got the next. 
version, if you waited for that, um, another year, because it probably won't come out. Well, who knows? We don't know the exact timeline timeline for a Volvo cup bringing out with the J3400 charge port yet. There's, we've heard different things, but um, I would not hold out for that at all. Uh, you can use an adapter. You'd be probably, I don't know if you can charge at home. I'm assuming you, you, you have the ability to charge at home. So, you know, 90 plus percent of your charging is going to be done at home. You wouldn't need an adapter for that. Um, you know, you might need an adapter when you go on the road. You, you're going to want one anyway. I think like wh whether people have NACs or J17 or, or CCS1, people are going to want to have an adapter either way so they can charge everywhere because there's going to be some sites that only have one and some sites that have the other. So whether you have a CCS1 vehicle or a NACs uh, inlet, you're going to want the opposite adapter just in case. And they're not expensive. It's a couple hundred bucks. So you're going to put it in your car. Um Please don't stress on waiting to get the NAX port. You're not, you're not going to have a better car because of that. And so many people ask me that question. Uh, don't you, you, You'll have access. It'll work. Don't sweat it. Did you want to add anything to that, Kyle? Yeah, I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Um, I think this, with Tom's comments, I agree for 99% of people shopping for cars right now. The value is not going to be drastically different in the short term. People don't even know what the plug types are. When you bring this thing to CarMax after three years, they're not going to give a crap what plug it has on it. After 10 plus years, 30 years of usage, that is thousands of plug and plug out cycles. And forget about the adapter conversation. Just charging at home is so much nicer with Nax. This person said they are not in a rush. They don't care. They're going to keep it for a long time. They are going to, you know, th this is the only situation where I think it does make sense if you're to wait. I think there's benefits to waiting anyway. The car may end up getting built in Belgium and qualify for different tax credits. The quality may improve over time. And then as a byproduct, you will also have the native plug that the whole country is switching to, which I agree with Tom. In the short term, we're going to have this adapter nightmare situation. But I also think the fact that you're going to be using an adapter every single time on your charge port 10 plus years down the line, you might forget the adapter. The adapter may burn up. It might have issues after so many plug and discharge uh, cycles. Whereas if you just have the native port on the car, It'll be so much nicer, I think, especially if they're not in a rush. 99% of people, I go, doesn't matter. Get the car now. Use the adapter because most people only keep electric cars for two or three years. And then the new thing comes out and they go and get that. But for these people that are going to keep it forever, I think you wait. That's my suggestion. So I know Dom didn't want to spend time on it, but I need a rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So one of the things that Kyle said that I don't agree with is that you're you're for 99% of the time you're going to be using an adapter. I don't think you will. I still think even with J1772, 99% of the time you won't use an adapter. Just buy a J1772 charger for your house or get the Tesla um uh you know universal wall connector so so you could have so you could have both. Mm -hmm. and, and you only have to worry about using an adapter when you're on the road and the stations you're using don't have CCS ports. Now, that would be if you use Tesla superchargers, which uh, I think, you know, you would prefer to use them in most situations when one's available. But if you're on a road trip and there's CCS stations, 
do you just use those without the adapter? Yes, the reliability seems to be less. Yes, there's more connectors that have J3400. Um, my thought along this lines is that if you were to get one with the, the J1772 CCS1 over the course of 10 years, you're going to use an adapter less than 10% of the times you plug in. If it sure. were every time, then yeah, I would say don't don't do that. That that's just my 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 yeah, thought. Tom and it depends on your use case. A guy like Kyle would need one all the time because just so much driving and so much road tripping. But I don't think most people treat drive their cars that way. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think uh, I meant all the time while fast charging. But also think about the ease of just plugging in a Nax connector at home. I can do it blindfolded. I don't have to look. I walked up to my Model S the other day that was just parked in the driveway. I just went, poof, I threw it in the charge port and it just went in. And, you know, with CCS, I'm out there with the stupid freaking thing trying to line it up properly and get it to interface. And it's so frustrating. Imagine the time that you would spend over 10 years just knocking in a plug versus getting it angled right. Oh, I got four degrees up too high. I think you go next. I think it's just a nicer interface. And especially as these people do not care about waiting, just wait. It's a better interface. You got me there. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with both of you. <laughs> Actually, thank so you, I, Dominic. You, you're supposed to pick a side here so I we know, can give exactly. our audience a clear Mr. politically correct over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I charge an adapter every day uh, right now. Um, and you know, it's, it's fine. It could burn out at some point and I'll need to get into adapter. In the meantime, I could, you know, just run up to it and charge natively off, off a Tesla supercharger if I needed to. But, uh, I mean, like to, uh, Tom's point, I agree with kind of Tom's angle on this mostly, uh, because yeah, you're only going to use need an adapter, you know, when you're out and about like road tripping somewhere. So it's not really a, a huge issue, but then again, you know, if you want the native NAX, I can understand that as well. And if you're a conservative buyer, you might you might want to wait for first the first year just to see you know how the EX30 kind of does. Some people don't like to buy in the first year of new year of a model car because you know things go wrong. So you have that year to kind of look over you know what issues might arise and take that into consideration when, when you're making your final buying decision. So that's my answer. All right, ready to move along. All right. So our next, uh, our next email comes to us from Finland, from Miko in Finland. And he says, Hey guys, love the show. I'm Miko from Finland. <laughs> I currently. Wait, I currently isn't have... everyone named Miko in Finland? Uh, I know like at least eight Mikos from Finland. Right. Well, it's like the Finnish Mike basically. So... Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I currently have a lease car ending in February and I'm hoping to make, uh, make a change to an EV. I mostly charge from home. So weekly mileage is fairly low. I do not have charging at home, but charging one to two times a week uh, while grocery shopping is not a problem. I do have a summer cabin around 200 kilometers. That's 124 miles away, away where I spend a number of weekends every summer, not a problem to have charging stop each way. Other than that, long drives are rare and don't need to be considered. My budget is around 30,000 euros. My current thoughts get a new MG4 at around 28K, a used Model 3. Wait to test drive the EX30. The base model might just be in the budget, 37K in Finland. Buy a cheaper car and wait another year for other models to come out. A sub $25,000 Citroen. Uh, EC3, for example, used prices in Finland can be found here. 
and he gives us a little URL to check that out. Best regards, Miko. All right. So the, the Finnish buying market is a little bit uh, different from ours. They have a lot of cars that we don't have. Uh, MGs, Citroën, I probably Peugeots, I don't know. Uh, BYD is a whole plethora of cars. So he gave us a link that we can go check out. I don't know if you, any of you guys had the opportunity to do that. Um, let me see, I can share what that looks like a bit on our screen, at least new and secondhand cars in Finland in English. And yeah, how's that looking? Okay. So I don't know if you have any, uh, Tom, Tom, do you have any suggestions right off the top of your head? No, I was going to say, I was hoping Martin was here today because he right. he'd probably um, has more, well, he definitely has more experience with the, you know, the sandbox that, um, you know, Miko is playing in here. I don't have a lot of experience with the electric Peugeots and MGs and Citrons. Um, you know, and I, I mean, obviously the Tesla popped out in my mind, the, the Volvo EX30, we all love the Volvo EX30. Um, I can't wait to, you know, really get, get behind the wheel and drive one. As you know, Kyle and I both have them on pre-order, uh, I, and, uh, I intend to buy that. So, I mean, I, I, I would tell them to, you know, the EX30 seems like it's going to be a nice vehicle if it's within his budget or the, the model three, uh, those vehicles I have experience with, they're both. Um, the model three, we know is, it's almost like we don't even recommend it as often as we should, but it's kind of like everybody knows, okay, the model three is there, uh, you know, and, and it's a good vehicle. And if you don't want, if you want a non Tesla, we'll, we talk about these other cars, but like the model three is always, you can't go wrong getting a model three. And, uh, you know, I also don't know about the infrastructure in this area. How robust is the, you know, the, the infrastructure as far as, does he need an EV that goes really far, uh, you know, so that he can, uh, he doesn't have to worry about finding the few DC fast chargers when he does this 125 mile uh, trip in cold weather. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell him to, you know, with my experience is, is the Volvo and the Tesla, but maybe Kyle, Kyle's got more experience driving some of these other European EVs. Maybe, maybe he could weigh in on this also. Yeah, I've uh, I've driven all through Finland electric and even in the most remote parts of northern Finland up in the Arctic Circle near the Russian border, like you find chargers everywhere. So it's there's no issues to find charging in Finland. Um, it, there are some corners that are rough, but it doesn't sound like where this guy's going. Uh, typ typically, those that have a summer cabin are in the city and they go out to a place where everyone has summer cabins and there's plenty of infrastructure along the way. Um, my recommendation here is you want a car that is going to handle cold weather that is not going to annoy you. Certain cars, for example, just lunch battery heaters or cabin heaters, they're extremely inefficient. And one thing that the Model 3 has just proved is its reliability and longevity uh, in extreme environments. That is a known quantity with, uh, you know, at least in Finland, all, most of the superchargers are open, so every car can use the same plug type. But of course, with Tesla, you just get a proven package uh, and all those things. The new MG4, while I don't think it's as great of a software experience, uh, and honestly, I don't really like the hardware as much, is an amazing value. Really good value car. They are extremely reliable, the MG stuff. I know someone who's put 100,000 kilometers in their MG, or maybe it was even in the UK, so 100,000 miles 
in less than a year. They just drove it nonstop and it's perfectly fine. So that's pretty cool. And um, my recommendation is use model three because you're already getting the depreciation hit. I, I'd rather you see, especially when you're just getting into an EV, you get a used one, play around with it, make sure the EV thing is for you, make sure it works well for, you know, in your mind, because right now they don't have a, an EV to do this drive with. So, you know, make sure that you're comfortable doing the charge stop. You're going to have to at least charge on the way out uh, and back at least once because it's 124 miles. You're going to be at the cabin for the few days. It's going to lose some charge while it sits there and the battery gets frozen. You're going to have to precondition in the winter time, which is going to burn even more energy. So you're going to be really inefficient no matter the car you have. And, you know, I would say that's something to get used to. It's not for everyone driving an EV in the winter. And uh, my recommendation is, is go used, whether it's a used MG or a used Tesla. Uh, I think the Model 3, you can't go wrong with, of course, fantastic driveline controls, great ESP systems, really safe car. And um, yeah, you're, you're good to go on that with that vehicle. And, and you're not going to get hurt on the second hand buying it used properly than you would buying a new one. Yeah, I, I like the uh, I like that used Tesla Model Three uh, as well as the uh, the MG Four. I was talking to Martin about the MG Four yesterday, and I would say he doesn't he wouldn't recommend necessarily the, the early version that he he has, but he he does think the the new one is actually the newer the newer one, the refreshed one is a is a decent uh, deal, a decent uh, decently more reliable and uh, a good bargain. Uh, I I thought maybe. The BYD Atho 3 might be an interesting choice for you up there. 60 kilowatt hours of batteries. That's a pretty good sized battery. Uh, I found one in your budget under, under 30,000 euros, uh, 17,500 kilometers. That's really super low. And, you know, these things look pretty nice, actually. I'm not uh, super familiar with them. I don't, have you driven these, Kyle? Yeah, I've been around them. They don't charge very well, and their heaters kind of suck. Okay. Oh, heaters suck. It's not a great thing to, to have in necessarily in um, in Finland. So, yeah, I guess take that into consideration. Yeah, I don't think you go with the BYD thing. I, I just think not not at the moment. I think, no. yeah, that's probably not not for Finland. If you lived in Spain, sure. All right, that's that's fair. All right, so let's move on to our final email. It comes to us from Jose. He says, "Hi, folks." I drive a 2006 Scion TC. I got fresh out of high school, but now 16 years later, I'm married and have a family crawling in and out of the two-door coupe. Oh, no. <laughs> Tie my little one is getting fairly, it's getting old really fast. So I applied for a, re a replacement program through my local air quality management district, and I get 10,000 to replace my car for an EV or 9.5 or 9.5,000 for a plug-in hybrid. It can be new or used, but the only catch is I have to get it from a select list of dealerships in my area. I also get 4K from my energy provider if the replacement vehicle is used. Ideally, it would be some, it would be nice to also stack an additional 4,000 in federal tax credits if I can find something under 25,000. So essentially, uh, would you go for a plug-in hybrid for 5k out of pocket or ev for 16k out of pocket i'm not really sure how that math works out but if so what make model would you pick top of my list is reliability as i don't change cars frequently and plan on keeping it a long time i commute 60 miles round trips daily for work and live 
and, and twice a month I drive 200 miles round trip to visit my parents. Thanks for your time, Jose. All right, Tom. Oh, so I don't know if you've seen this list or not, so I can share that with our audience. Um, it's so there's it's a kind of they're limited to a uh, a small list of dealerships, but some of those are CarMax outlets. Let's see where is this at? Yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to to give them. I mean, just by showing us the dealers, that does any vehicles could be available at these dealers, right. you know. So it's 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 really hard to to pick that. Um, you know, price wise, you know, obviously it, it's the cost of this is very important to him. You could tell by, you know, focusing on all the rebates and everything. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I have out in the driveway now, Chevy Bolt EV sounds like, uh, it would really work for him. A Chevy Bolt EV or EUV, uh, he can get a used one relatively new, maybe, you know, a year old under that $25,000 threshold. And, you know, just stack all these incentives on top of it. I would definitely tell them to go EV other besides, you know, other than uh, uh, plug-in hybrid. I mean, that's, that's just in my, you know, my DNA. I, I know plug-in hybrids work for some people, uh, you know, but if, if, if you don't need it, I would say not to get it because you're just, you're just introducing two different propulsion systems and they're very complex that there's a lot of things that can go wrong in plug-in hybrids down the road, whereas EVs are so simple, such elegant, simple design. Of course, things can break on an EV also, but you've got everything in the electric powertrain and then everything in the combustion powertrain to go wrong down the road with a with a used a plug-in hybrid. So, um, you know, I think the extra money you're going to spend up front is, is, is well worth it. Um, for maintenance, you don't have to have any maintenance with, uh, you still with plug-in hybrid, you still need to do oil changes and so forth. Um, uh, and you know, somebody could still crawl into your vehicle and steal your catalytic converter, which is like an epidemic these days. But, um, you know, that's what I would tell you Buy a, a bolt EV or EV. I love mine. I'm, st I'm starting to drive it more and more now. Uh, in the beginning, it just kind of sat in the driveway because my, my go-to is always my lightning, but now I'm hopping in that bolt a lot and, and, and tooling around town and that for short runs. And, uh, it's a, it's a great little car. So that's what I'm going to tell you to look for. All right. Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, I, I agree with Tom. I think the Bolt is a, a proven, reliable package. I agree that a plug-in hybrid is not the best uh, option here, mostly because he plans to keep it for a long time. And plug-in hybrids are the most complicated of drivetrains. And, the you know, because you need, when you bring it in for service, not only does, you know, let's just say your combustion engine needs some work, you still have a, have to have a high-voltage certified technician working around those components. It's a pain in the ass. They're great under when you lease them or when they're under warranty, but if you're going to keep it for a while, stay away is my recommendation. Um, the In terms of the EVs, I think you're looking at you know 200 miles round trip. A Bolt could easily do. They have great range, uh, especially when you fully charge them. Uh, you, you can go... Kona EV, you can go Nero EV, this sort of, you know, uh, cheaper EV long range. I would call them the Gen 2 electric cars. Those all work pretty well. Um, and I think, I think any of those would be totally fine for this guy. The thing is you can't, I, I would say if you're planning on keeping a car for 10 years, you're going to do at least one of everything with that car. 
you're going to go on a road trip. You're going to have to go on a road trip at some point in the next 10 years. You're going to have to do all these things. So you need a car that can kind of do it all. It doesn't need to do it all perfectly. Uh, And I would say all of these qualify. People have driven the Chevy Bolt across the country. If you're patient, it can do it. And they're extremely reliable and they are a known quantity. I would say the same thing about the Kona or Nero EV as well. Extremely reliable. They charge a little bit faster. They have a little bit better tech if that's what matters, but also I bet the price is a little bit higher as well. And it depends on those particular dealerships, which you are going to be paying more at those dealers because electric cars in California uh, do come at a premium compared to the other parts of the country. So really real quick, Don, before you jump in, Jonathan Brown says the new Prius looks um, looks like a show car in styling and is supposed to be quick. I just said, you know, how I, I don't recommend plug-in hybrids, mm. um, but I have to qualify that with, you know, I drove the the Prius Prime, the new Prius Prime, and uh, I was really impressed with it. I didn't want to like it, but I but it, it drove so much better than any Prius I'd ever been in. It looks cool, I think, and it goes pretty damn far on electric. So um, uh, you're not going to get one of these, the new ones for, you know, under the, uh, there are, there's probably not any used ones out there, but if there are, you're not going to get one for under the $25,000. So I'm not re- recommending this for um, this person. I just, since I just really, you know, crapped all over plug-in hybrids, I want to mention that I was actually pleasantly surprised with the the new Prius Prime. It's a pretty damn good car. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of like the I like the way the styling of it for at least, and plus of course the numbers look really great. The, all of that range and the perform, just performance is like so unprius like. Uh, so going through, I went through some of these uh, different stores, and it's there's not a whole lot. Uh, it, it, some of these stores have like nothing really that you're interested in or in in your price range at least. Uh, but I did find a 2020 Kia Niro, which is one of those ones that uh, Kyle is mentioning, and it, possibly Tom too. Uh, like with the Chevy Bolt and the Kia Niro and the the Hyundai uh, Kona Electric, these are all you know good solid cars. This was twenty two thousand, I guess, before the and you'll get the four thousand dollar tax credit. It's over two years old, so it's eligible for the tax credit. Um, and I f- don't see the miles on it, but it it wasn't too bad. It was like mileage wise, it it wasn't it wasn't like crazy or anything. Um, back to my listing, yeah, nope. So yeah, that's basically. It'd be my suggestion. That's a great program too. I mean, have a, you know, you ten ten thousand dollars from just like a local clean air initiative. I mean, I'll take it. I would take it. But I live in Florida. We don't care about clean air down here. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. It'll just. I don't think out you're kidding. See anywhere in Florida. So <laughs> yeah, they know. they really don't <laughs> care about clean air. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not the most. In- like California, you know, does take the lead environmentally speaking, as far as you know, clean air, especially because they have uh, what what do you call inversions, where you know the the smog can't escape, so it can get really bad in cities. So it's kind of important. The, they important had to, there. you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you, Kyle doesn't remember how bad California was in the seventies. I mean, it Ooh, was. Yes. I remember like watching on TV. I mean, it 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 looked like you couldn't from overhead. You couldn't even see in between the, 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 you know, where the, the smog would just settle in. It was just brutal. They had to do what they did. And that's what formed carb and everything. And, you know, kind of put us on this path, um, the whole country on the path to trying to do something about clean air. Right. Oh, I got a Florida man spotted sharks, Florida man here. You ain't lying. All right. Florida man's got an awesome looking, uh, Tesla model X, by the way. 
Talking wow. about Florida, man. You know you're in for a good article when you like read online or in the newspaper when it starts out with Florida man. You, you know you know something crazy is gonna happen, you know. Florida man in gorilla suit holds up gas station with banana as gun. You know, like <laughs> that was a pretty that that like would happen in yes, Tampa I know, or something. I know. Yeah. It might have happened. It might I might have been happened. pulling it yeah. out of memory. Like you know. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, so I guess we should probably wrap it up. Uh, I'd like to thank you all very much for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them below or get in touch with us on the social media platform of your choice. If, don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications, and we'll see you all again very soon. Ciao.